Hey, it's Alan. Did you know we video record our podcasts live and then provide a condensed version on IGTV with visuals? It's a veritable feast for the eyes and ears. Follow us on Instagram at Photoshelter to view the episodes each week. Now on with the show. Photoshelter presents Vision Slightly Blurred. I'm Sarah Jacobs. And I'm Alan Rubayashi. Sarah, question for you. What is the largest search engine in the world? This is a softball question. Thank you. Oof, Google. Yep. What is the second largest search engine in the world? Yahoo. Nope. Close. What is it? It begins with a Y. Oh, YouTube. YouTube. Isn't that crazy? Yes, it is crazy. So by search volume, YouTube is only second to Google for the number of actual searches being conducted on a daily basis. What was the last thing you YouTubed how to do? Oh, gosh. I probably, oh, it had to do with with, uh, setting up my computer network. Oh. Here at home, yeah. I mean, I probably search stuff on YouTube almost daily. Yeah. And I definitely Google almost daily. Definitely. Um, But it does bring up this question. If you want to become a photographer, do you need to go to school, to photo school, or can you learn everything you need to know on YouTube? And the answer is? I... Uh, the definitive answer is from Sarah. Um, I have been the more and more artists that I talk to, photographers um, and artists, the more that they're referencing themselves as the YouTube generation and crediting YouTube for really learning the skill set that they have. And I'm just like, oh, whoa, that's crazy, I mean, right? That's, yeah, that is crazy. That's amazing. I do think that when it comes to technique. Um, specifically photo technique, whether it is the act of taking the photo or the post-production on the photo, YouTube, hands down, will have more up-to-date contemporary information about like the current version of software that you're using than you would ever get at a school, right? And even if you subscribe to a service like lynda.com or creativelive.com, they cannot put out content fast enough to keep up with the versions of Adobe this or Luminar that or Mm. Capture One this, um, Mm -hmm. that an army of YouTube photographers can. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So certainly in that respect, YouTube is the clear winner there. Yeah. Um, I've been fascinated by the number of photographers who have also built massive, um, you know, 500,000 plus followers on YouTube and are presumably eking out an income stream by running ads against uh, what nice. they're selling, right? I like that. That's smart. Um, there is a couple uh, known as Mango Street, that is their YouTube channel, that went from zero followers to 750,000 followers in a year, and now they're close to a million followers. I like them. They're like not annoying. There's a lot of annoying people on YouTube, right? <laughs> yes. But that, I, I think that the content uh, and the, the that they're showing, the production value and the presentation is is the right nexus for a lot of people mm-hmm. of content that they want to watch. Totally. And I like that it's a guy and a girl. Because there's a lot of guys on YouTube. There's a lot of dudes. Yeah, Let's talk a- more about the dudes since we yeah. got a lot of dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fro knows photo. <laughs> Frono's photo <laughs> forever burned into my memory just from watching maybe like one or two of his videos. You know, he just recently passed the one million uh, follower threshold. Congrats! It's a big, 
that's no small no, no small feat, right? No, it's really not. You know, guys like guys like uh, Jared Pollan, Fro knows photo. For all the crap that they take, and there's there's a number of them that I, that I would put into that category. So to- Tony and Chelsea Northrup as well. Uh, they have 1.3 million followers. These people put out content on a weekly, if not even more frequent basis. Yeah. A lot of their content, um, you know, there's a, there's a personality behind putting out this content, but I will generally say that the production value is very high. I will generally say that because they are in the business of, for example, reviewing gear, that they tend to know a lot more about the ins and outs of gear and different manufacturers than the average person on the street. So in that sense, it's very valid information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's a bit of, um, there's a bit of, they don't care about what you think to the success of all of the, all, all of their channels in terms of, you know, that you're putting stuff out clickbaity content sometimes, certainly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that the controversy often just fuels more views, more subscribers. You don't care whether they're thumbs up or thumbs down. I mean, you could, you could nitpick that statement a little bit, mm-hmm. but I would generally say that their, their followers are increasing, not decreasing. Over right. Time. Are they like giving out opinions or sometimes about gear and stuff? Well, I, you know, Tony and Chelsea and Fro are definitely more gear centric. Um, and people can't get enough of gear. Yeah. And I, you know, on, on, on YouTube. And I think kind of rightfully so, because back in the day, you'd have to wait for popular photography to come out for with a review or, you know, DP review is still, I think, well regarded in terms of camera gear. But I think many people are, are getting multiple sources of information before they're making a buying decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and these types of YouTube hosts are very credible in the, in their, total domain expertise you know they really i think they really understand gear yeah you can nitpick and say well he's not an optical engineer or he doesn't really understand the physics of a sensor which i've seen these types of comments before but i'm kind of like yeah but neither do you well in some cases they do but i also think that who cares yeah you know Mm. like that's not the level like we're not all PhDs in physics, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter whether his explanation of the optical properties of a 10-element lens was off, you know, wasn't completely accurate. Like, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, there is... I feel like you have to have a good mixture of, like, reviews, um, anecdotes about your personal life, and then also tutorials, and then also collaboration with other YouTube tubers. To kind of, that's kind of like the mixture. Oh yeah, the collabs are huge. Yeah, the collabs are huge. They're all, they're all like BFFs on there, right? It's weird. It's like the Instagram <laughs> influencers hanging out with each other, yeah. right? Yeah, which they don't do. You only selfie on Instagram, but on YouTube, it's all about the collabs. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm interested to get your take on the relative dearth of female YouTube photography personalities. Yeah, there's like not as many women um making these type of videos um on youtube as opposed to guys but there are a few notable ones um including including zoe noble um she does really really high-end fashion photography retouching um she has like the most calming voice i've ever heard 
and it's almost like ASMR, like watching her videos, you're just like, I could just like put them on in the background and like have them play and I would feel relaxed. <laughs> um, so she's great. Um, Jessica Kobisi, she's great at retouching and doing color tutorials. Um, and she does fun things like she'll have one model and three photographers will shoot that same model and then she'll kind of go through and show like critique them. Here's how like this person decided to shoot it and here's how this and here's the difference in their photos, um, which I find really especially if you're a beginner, like that's a really interesting way to learn um, how to how to approach models. So yeah, those are two I would recommend checking out. You know, I was looking at some of Jessica's videos today mm -hmm. and first of all, compared to some of the other high follower count personalities on there. So Mango Street, F Stoppers, the Northrops, Fronos Photo, Peter McKinnon, who has 3.7 million. Oh, yeah. I really thought that Jessica's production value was lower than the rest of them. Uh, yeah. Doesn't really have a handle on lighting video. Doesn't really have good audio compared to some of these other people. So it's interesting to, to me that she still has 1.4 million. I'd be super inter interested to see the breakdown of her followers by gender. Oh. Because I yeah. wonder if, yeah. you know, I obviously being a guy and obviously being so used to a gear centric, technique centric view of YouTube photography videos. Mm -hmm. Jessica's videos did not resonate with me at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so I love it. It's like the oh, human. Okay. It's like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's just like it's the human approach. She's much more. You feel like you're hanging, I don't know. You feel like you're hanging out with her when you're watching it. You feel like you could shoot for her. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She's like a friend. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think that everyone that we've mentioned so far definitely still has kind of their personality that they're trying to portray. So I True. wouldn't say that anyone's pure, purely authentic in the way that they're presenting themselves. Mm -hmm. I will say when you compare Jessica's online personality, which to me, like you said, is much more of a friend talking to a friend compared to someone like Peter McKinnon, mm -hmm. who's like essentially screaming at the yeah. camera, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's just, it's this YouTube male personality that's a little bit over the top, uh -huh. like testosterone fueled. Like, uh -huh. Can't we just be chill and talk about an easy yeah. gear, right? <laughs> no. Alan, we can't be chill. <laughs> we can't. No, never. So we have all of these examples of, of YouTube channels teaching technique and whatnot with a high follower count. I also like stumbling across some of these more niche YouTube channels. Oh. So I follow a bunch that have to do with astrophotography. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, a app called Photopills and the, the owner of Photopills and the tool helps you track the position of the sun and the moon and the stars and the Milky Way, et cetera. But he has a lot of great tutorials, but of course it's a very niche uh, audience for that. And then there's this kid. And his friends, um, they have a channel called Negative Feedback. And he started it, he was literally a teenager, and all they do is they go out and they shoot film, and they talk about the process of shooting film. And when I saw this a few years ago, I was just kind of blown away. We know that the kids love the film. Yeah. Right? They, yeah, they do. So it's not so surprising that, <laughs> that a channel like this exists. Mm hmm but, you know, it's a skinny British kid who's really, he's not this outsized personality. He's not trying to be any 
like ah in your face. Mm. He's just like, oh yes, we got this uh, camera, and I have some black and white film, and we're gonna go and <laughs> shoot some film and develop it and show you. It's just very calm and yeah, chill. Sounds old school. Super old school. And I started watching his videos maybe three or four years ago, and I watched one today, and the guy still looks exactly the same. He looks like he's 16 years old. That's fun. Yeah. Is he, like, um, comparing different types of film? Like, here's what the shot looks like you know, taken? The, the whole vibe that I get, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll compare Tri-X versus Ilford. Okay. Or he'll say, look, at this new, this medium format camera I got, I'm going to go shoot with it today. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, come along. Cool. So it's sort of uh, this experiential thing. Like if you've never shot film before, go ahead and, and figure it out. Yeah. I want to go back to this fundamental question of um, whether you need to go to photo school. I, I will say also that I watched a video by Fronos Photo and by Jessica Kobisi who answered this very question. Oh. Super interesting. Uh-huh. Fro says, Fro says he only went to a two year school mm-hmm. to learn photography. And he said that the, the head of the department, um, really made an effort to try to place these kids into positions that, that had to do with their photography major. Mm-hmm. The flip side was he acknowledges that there's only so much you can learn in school. And if he had to do it again today, he said, I was looking at, uh, some job openings at Vaynerchuk Media. So Gary Vaynerchuk, who's your boss now. Um, Thank you, Gary. And he said, you know, this is, uh, I would just get a job here. I would skip school altogether and I would just get a job there. He said that? Basically. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, we'll, we'll insert the clip. Okay. I'll say this about VaynerMedia, Gary Vaynerchuk's company. They put out a job posting a couple years ago that if I wasn't in this business right now, that would have been my job out of college. They were looking for somebody who was a photographer but could could set up video shoots and photo shoots and handle working with clients. They're looking for people that do more than just take pictures, but they are creatives that can be well-rounded in multiple different levels of things that you can go out there to do so that was interesting wow yeah i mean i don't know how much i can say but (laughs) um all i'll say is that fro yeah you could you could do that and and then jessica said she went to college and studied graphic design and she said she took one photo course while she was in college and didn't think anything of it because she wasn't interested in it. But when she looks back at the arc of her life, it was because she had the exposure to the graphic design and this art course and this art course and this photography course mm. that she feels like it put her on the trajectory to be a full-time professional photographer and YouTube star now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have two slightly competing philosophies of the value of photo school i will say you know my my own feelings about college because it's so expensive and a lot of people go into tremendous debt by going into college even if they go to a state school and obviously state schools are much cheaper than a a private institution Mm -hmm. nyu is 70 grand with room and board now right i will say that going to school forces you to read things forces you to look at things, forces you to meet people that you would probably not encounter under your own devices. Um, And to me, in terms of expanding your mind, especially as a creative, Mm 
Mm-hmm. I think that's invaluable. I think the opportunity to have a critique session with people that come from different walks of life to to challenge the way that you see, to challenge the way that you shot something is really really mind expanding. And unless you're super curious as a person and you create that group amongst your own community on your own, it's really hard to replicate. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think God, college, that's like such a, such a big question. Um, but, but you weren't a photo major in college. I minored in photo. Oh, you minored in photo. I did minor. Um, so I learned like darkroom techniques and alternative, uh, like other developing techniques and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, I studied marketing, which I think was really beneficial to my career and being a professional um, in the industry now. But yeah, absolutely. Like it expands your mind in a way that if, if you're privileged enough to go that, and you want to, then you should. I don't think YouTube can, could ever replace that. Right. Do, do you re- recall watching YouTube videos for photo technique while you were in college at all? Oh, while I was in school? No. No, that was two, yeah, that was between 2007 and 2000, like 2011. Yeah. So, not no, as much I wasn't. As now. Yeah, no. Yeah. I was, I had books. I would read books. Right. And, and nowadays, how often are you going to YouTube to learn photo technique of some sort? Probably like, probably like five times a year. Five times a year. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. To learn. Either like, oh, I need to look up what this tool does in Photoshop, or I for, or I forget how to do this. What key command do I need to do? Or, God, I love Flurn. Have we talked about Flurn's great? Flurn is really good. Yeah. I, I recently learned like how to do like just clean up the background of a seamless via Flurn. Like they they just like that's invaluable. I'm yeah. really glad I finally learned that. Like how to do that well. <laughs> <laughs> photos look a lot better and cleaner um you know so you, you youtube that type of stuff for, this weekend i literally youtubed how to zoom in on insta stories like how did i not know that yet how, how do you zoom in on insta stories okay as you're holding the record button yeah. just slide your finger up and it zooms oh yeah you learned I that on youtube that. Yeah, because yeah, they ain't teaching that in photo school. Right, that's exactly. For, I, did, I didn't learn sure. that. I didn't learn that in Emerson College. <laughs> yeah. Mm. The, you know, the one, the one problem that I have is falling down that YouTube rabbit hole and going there to learn one thing and then realizing how little you know about these other things that the suggested videos keep coming up. Oh, absolutely. And then four hours later, you haven't retained anything, but you've watched a lot of videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I do want to point out my, my technique that a lot of people use is I tend to watch videos at one and a half to two, two times the speed. So if you go under the gear icon on YouTube, you can increase the speed. And what I found is particularly when people are doing, um, tutorials, they're not reading off of a script many times. Mm-hmm. And so they're speaking more slowly because their brain is trying to think of how to they're most doing- succinctly 
talk about something like real time yeah yeah and so when you speed it up to one and a half x you barely notice from a comprehension standpoint when you're just listening <laughs> you barely notice the difference oh i think i'm just slow because i constantly slow. have to rewind videos <laughs> if well, i sped it up too. game over <laughs> i would just be like what did i just watch yeah if you're not pay attention if you're not paying attention and then they go into a, a sub menu you're, exactly you're done you're starting Ex from the beginning exactly and if you've got your photoshop up like over the youtube video game over well for all of the uh for all of the grief that youtube gets for these hate videos and whatnot which are you know they gotta they obviously have to do something about that yes like anything on yes. on the internet and anything on social media there's some good stuff out there that you you should seek out and just ignore the the bad stuff the question of whether you can bypass school i guess we'll leave it to gary vaynerchuk no he, pressure, Gary. No, he he publicly has said, like, you don't need to go to college unless you're going to, like, a top-tier school. Well, I, I think when it comes to photography, I'd have to agree with that. It's better to get out I, there yeah. and, and second shoot for a wedding and, and get some experience that way. Totally. And so study, we, study something else. We did answer the question. Yeah, I guess we for did. For photography, don't go. Don't go. But for something else, go. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you heard it here first. PhotoShelter is the online leader for photography websites and workflow tools. Archive, distribute, and sell your photos in a mobile-friendly, responsive website. Try one free for 14 days at photoshelter.com slash podcast. Then download one of our free educational guides at photoshelter.com slash resources.